Thank you for listening to the weekly messages of New Providence Primitive Baptist Church. To subscribe to our podcast, hear other messages, or learn more about us, please visit nppbc.com. So glad that every time that I want to get closer to God, He'll let me. Uh, I can be as just as close to Him as I want to be, and often it's it's not about God, it's about me. It's about me just being willing to turn loose and to surrender. And uh, that's hard for the flesh to do, but well, I'm glad that the Holy Spirit does a work in us that uh, it's just hard to describe. But as I saw uh, the sisters on the altar continuing to pray, I thought to myself, that's how you win the battle. Uh, you, you pray, there's going to be something happen. I believe God today. Uh, now, I realize there are struggles and there are trials of life and there are things that will test your faith. And uh, if it's a test of God, it's meant for your good. And ultimately, it'll strengthen you. And if you're going through it, uh, God intends you to go through it. And God will help you through it. And he'll see you through it. And at the end of it, you'll be stronger for it. Uh, turn with us tonight to Second Corinthians again, chapter number 5. Uh, we're going to do our best tonight to finish this particular chapter, chapter number 5. We're going to begin at verse number 18. We uh, shared uh, a part of verse 18 on, thir- on Wednesday night, and um, appreciate that. It's helped me all week long. It's been a reminder to me of the sovereignty of God. Uh, God has a plan, and I'm in it, and I'm glad for that. I'm grateful for that, and I don't want to be the one that deviates or or messes that up, I want to simply trust him, and, and uh, we appreciate the word of God. But, um, but, but there was a reason the apostle brought, I believe, by means of Holy Spirit all the way down to this particular point, and, and he spoke clearly about all things being of God. And then he speaks directly about uh, what God has done. So we want to speak about that tonight, if God will be our helper. Verse 18, chapter number 5. Second Corinthians, and all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation, to wit, or, or in other words, you could say, that is, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, Be ye reconciled to God. For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Father, thank you for your word. We confess it grand in every way. Though how I pray that by your spirit you would administer it to our heart. May God pierce us, God, in every place that needs to be 
or corrected or brought out. And we're thankful for the strength that you intend to provide. Give us the clarity of mind and speech, the unction of the Holy Spirit. May your voice be clear in every heart. and May the sheep of God be fed, edified, and strengthened as we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The, the common theme in the last four verses of 2 Corinthians chapter number 5 um, is not a mystery. It's almost in every verse that you find the word reconciliation. Reconciliation. It means to restore the relationship that once was between friends. Uh, that's what it means generically. Ultimately, we have to go all the way back to Adam and Eve to see where that separation occurred. And what we find is that there was a time that God walked with man, with Adam and Eve in the garden. The Bible's clear that he walked with them. In the cool of the day, if you can imagine a direct relationship between God and man to where man could dwell in his presence. Uh, that was a different time. And it was a different, completely different scenario because Adam and Eve were at that point perfect. Adam and Eve were at that, per, at that point the very epitome of perfectness as far as a human could be. And yet God had created Adam and Eve on purpose and had, in doing so, had given them a will. He'd given them the ability to choose or to follow him or not follow him, to obey or not obey, to uh, to to listen or not listen. And what we know from the word of God is that Adam and Eve both fell. And in the garden, we find that that friendship, that relationship that once allowed God to walk with Adam in the garden, that there was a one-on-one fellowship between God and man, it was separated by sin. Sin was the very thing that caused the separation between God and man. And from that point on, God couldn't walk with man and man couldn't be in the presence of God because man was a sinner. Man had sinned and fell and because of that, there was no way that a man could be uh, in the place or in the presence of God and live. And we find in the word of God, often as we read in the Old Testament about uh, the temple of God and the sacrifices and all of those things that were established to teach the people who God was and and what God expected and what holy was and righteousness, that we find that man even in that failed. And uh, when when God would come down and dwell in the temple, uh, simply men couldn't be in the temple. They'd they'd fall out in death if if they were just in, in, in the presence of God specifically. Yet what we have here is the Apostle Paul saying that something has changed, that something is different now. And he said all things are of God. And we shared on Wednesday night concerning the sovereignty of God and the will of God, but I want to take that a step farther and suggest tonight that that according to the Apostle Paul, everything that pertains to your salvation is also of God. Now, that seems elementary to us today, but let me be clear that your salvation is not based upon anything that is of this world. Your salvation today is 100% in God. 
It is in Christ. When we talk about the reconciliation that was necessary, what God was doing was reconciling man to himself. Now, if there was any need for reconciliation, which obviously there were, you would think that the responsibility of reconciliation was upon those that violated it in the beginning, right? That would be the normal progression of reconciliation. A person that had offended another would go to them, they would make it right with them and be reconciled. And yet what God did was reconciled man to himself, not requiring anything from man to complete that process. God reconciled man to himself. All things pertaining to your salvation are of God. They're of God. You, we, we can't lay anything when it comes to salvation. I realize we have to receive Christ. But apart from that, everything that, that brought us into God's favor, that reconciled us back unto God, was all God. It was God performing that work. Let's look at the text. And all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. Now, I needn't go into it, but it's part of the gospel and and the crux of everything we do is to remind you today that what Jesus Christ was doing was the will of the Father, that when he was born, he had to be born of a virgin. He had to be born of sinless by nature, yet within the nature of man at the same time. He had to be man, but he also had to be perfect. And the only way that that could have ever been was that Mary did not conceive of man, but she conceived of the Holy Spirit. (laughs) You see, the virgin birth is absolutely imperative to the reconciliation of man back to God. Because Jesus had to be born, not just in the flesh, but he had to be born of God. He had to be the very epitome of the God-man. He had to be the perfect human that would be born, both God and both and also man. And in that, he was able to reconcile man back to himself. And that was the purpose of God all along. I don't want you to lose this today. When Jesus came, he wasn't doing just what he desired to do, but he was fulfilling the will of the Father. The Father was reconciling mankind back to himself by Jesus Christ. He lived a sinless life. The scripture tells us that in verse number 21, he who knew no sin, he made him to be sin for us. Now, that's an important part of reconciliation because what God was doing was offering the sacrifice. He was making the atonement that would be required. And brother, he did all of that before you and I could ever even believe in him. God was doing the reconciliation in our behalf before we ever even had an opportunity to say yes or no to Christ. They say to us today that we need to be reminded that the reconciliation of God was of God. 
It was of God working through sending his only son, Jesus being the sinless sacrifice, living on this earth the 33 and a third years without sin and then offering himself up to, up to them to crucify. And as he yielded up the ghost, he died in my place having suffered for my sin. He became sin for me and forevermore offered unto God the sacrifice of his own blood and he reckoned Reconciled man to God. Now, the conditions that God puts upon that reconciliation is that we believe it. Right? Salvation is by faith. If you get born again, it'll be because you believe in the word of God. And when it comes right down to it, that's all he's required of us is that we believe it. But God has done the reconciling. God did all of the reconciling way before we would ever even be offered reconciliation. Before we'd ever reach an age that we understood that we needed to be reconciled, God was reconciling man unto himself. God has done the work. Now, if you get saved, friend, it'll be because you've believed in the work of Jesus Christ. You believed in the power of God. You believed that what Jesus did was sufficient. And when he died for your sins, when you received that, friend, you have been then reconciled unto God. You have been brought back into that relationship, that friendship. You have been made one with Christ and therefore with God. He's reconciled us unto himself. He would say it again in verse number 20, but may I say it to you like this, when we, when we understand that what God did, he did all of that before the foundation of the world. I said that this morning, and certainly that's what was going on in my mind this morning was the sovereignty of God, that before, before he ever spoke and there was light, before he ever caused the spirit to go upon the face of the deep and the earth and all of those things that he created, before he did any of that, he made up his mind concerning reconciliation. Because what he knew was he's going to create Adam. And what he knew about Adam was Adam was going to fall. And what he knew about that was mankind was going to be lost. And there had to be a way to reconcile man back to God. And God made up all, God did all of that before he ever spoke this world into existence. Now, we're still talking about the sovereignty of God then, aren't we? Because God, before the foundation of the world, loved me, (laughs) cared for my soul, and sent his only begotten son, right? The deed had already been decided upon before it would ever be done. So in the very beginning, right, there was always this this plan of salvation. The Bible said even in the Garden of Eden, the tree of life was there. If Adam and Eve could have gotten to the tree of life after they had sinned, they would have lived forever in that awful state. In that state of irreconciliation, in that state of separation from God. And so the Bible said that God cast them out of the garden and he put flaming, or, or angels there with, with flaming swords, cherubims, and, and they protected that place where the tree of life was. May I say that Jesus has and always will be. He is there, and the salvation of man was always present, and yet it was God's plan, you see. It was God's plan some thousands of years later to to send to a virgin a simple message that you're going to conceive of the Holy Spirit and be born. What will be born of you will be the Son of God. May I say to you today that God's plan was there in the beginning, that the reconciliation of mankind had already been concerned had already been worked out and the concern of man had already been resolved. 
He has reconciled us to himself by Christ. So what do we do with this news of reconciliation? We spoke about the treasure this morning and and how important it is that we recognize what a treasure that we have inside of us. Certainly, Certainly every one of us ought to be as happy as we can be that we've been reconciled to God. Right, that we're still not the enemy of God, that we're still not not against God, that we've been brought into the fold of God. And you know, I'm like I'm like the brother. I don't I don't have any idea why He had favor upon me, but I want to confess without a doubt that I have been reconciled to God, and that it wasn't wasn't really what I did, but He did it. He made it possible for me to be reconciled according to the Scripture by not imputing my sin to me. He laid it on Jesus, (laughs) right? He did the work that I couldn't do. The offenses and every evil and wicked thing that I've ever done, he laid all of that on Jesus. And Jesus took it to the cross and Jesus bore my sin and Jesus suffered for me. The only way that we could ever be reconciled unto God was for God to do the work of reconciliation. Because the truth is, is that man doesn't work toward that. We don't work toward reconciliation. What we like to do is to remain enemies and to hold grudges and to fight against one another and all of these things. And yet God, in the beginning, God, before anything was ever created, already decided the means of reconciliation. So God hath reconciled man unto himself by Jesus Christ. And he did so by taking he who knew no sin... And making him to be sin for us, not imputing our sin onto our account, but placing them on Christ's account. And therefore, he made a way that he can declare one righteous who was never righteous before. He can then include someone like Steve and Larry and me into his holy union, into his family. And he can be just in doing so because he hath reconciled us through the work of Jesus Christ. Now that's the gospel. That's the gospel. He paid my sin debt. He cleared the offense that I had against God and God against me. He reconciled me unto God. (laughs) And all I had to do one day was receive it. Right, you're, you, maybe you're here tonight and you're fighting against God. May I say to you today, if you'll just give up and receive it, you'll be changed. Because God's already done the work. You say, well, I'm too bad to be saved or I've gone too far for God to ever do anything with me. I beg your pardon before the foundation of the world or anybody even sinned. God knew what sinfulness would be out there. And God made up his mind, the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost were in unison when they decided from the very beginning that one day Jesus would have to go. That Jesus would become sin for us. Now that's a wonder within itself. The very very fact that we've been reconciled unto God is a wonder. And I hope to God that every one of us wake up every day and say, thank you that I have been reconciled unto God. And that we recognize that it's not by our works, it's not by our deeds, it's not by the things we've done. No, the Bible has already concluded my righteousness is as filthy rags. The very best I can do could have never reconciled me to God, not even for a moment. And yet God in sending his son, perfect son, 
died in my place, became sin, didn't, and allowed God not to impute, not to put that sin to my account because he had already placed it on Christ's account and he has reconciled me back to God. Well, that's the basic, that's the basic summary of the gospel. That's what he's come to do is to reconcile man because without Christ, we're still alienated from God. We have no part with God. We can't hear God. We can't follow God. We'll never be with God. Some people remain irreconcilable. Some people never believe. They never accept. They never receive Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, the majority of the world die without ever knowing Christ. When all the while, God already done the work. hard to grasp God's already done the work and yet so many reject Christ and they reject the opportunity to be reconciled unto God by simply receiving Christ as their own so that brings us to the the point of the message tonight we've been reconciled and uh, there's no question about it I'm changed because I was reconciled unto God I've been made a new creature in Christ. The apostle in this very chapter uh, gives us that truth that, that we've been made a new creature in Christ. We, the old things are passed away. And here we find ourselves recognizing that it was the sovereignty of God before the foundations of the world to make a way to redeem sinners unto himself, to reconcile man back to himself. Oh, what love, right? Oh, what love God has shown from the very beginning toward mankind in that he would make a way for the sinner to be saved. So what are we going to do with reconciliation? And you say, what is there to do and what is there to be done? May I say to you that the apostle, I believe, was clear with two things, and I want to share that as, as the message tonight. If we understand what reconciliation is, if we understand the power of that reconciliation and and I'm up into all of it. And I pray to God I'll never get over it. That, that he would save me. I'm in awe that he would reconcile me, Debbie. That he would care for me. But the apostle said in verse number, verse number 18, number one, and I have just two things to share with us about reconciliation other than the, the basic summary itself. Number one, is that he hath given to me a ministry of reconciliation. Now, what he said was specifically is that he's given it to us, all of us. All right, I'm going to go through an exercise just to be sure that you don't miss it. Everybody just raise your hand, raise your hand. That's us. Because we excuse ourselves from the responsibilities of believers. We often say that's the preacher's job. That's them spiritual people. They do that stuff. The Apostle Paul said that we have been reconciled unto God. And he said, furthermore, we have been given. I want you to know that this is a gift from God. We have been given the ministry of reconciliation. All of us. I don't believe the Apostle was referring to just the Apostle. I don't believe he was referring just to those disciples that would lead the early church. 
I believe he's referring to all believers that ever come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ and are redeemed from their fallen state, reconciled unto God. Here's what I believe takes place. When you're born again and the Holy Spirit comes into your heart, you are given a, a ministry of reconciliation. A ministry of reconciliation. You say, what is a ministry of reconciliation? Well, it's not that hard to understand. When I look out and I see so many that are, that are alienated from God, you know what my first thought is? <laughs> oh, I wish I could tell them how to get to God. Right? That's the simplicity of the ministry that we've been given. Now, you say, I'm not qualified to instruct someone else on how to get to God. Really? So you've made it to God yourself through faith in Jesus Christ. You have been reconciled unto God. You who are lifting up your hands and thanking him tonight for having been reconciled unto God. Consider yourself unworthy or unable to tell someone else. No, you're probably just scared or ashamed Because we've been given the, the ministry of reconciliation. What the Apostle Paul, I believe what he was saying was, is that my desire for all men is that they get saved. And before they'll ever get saved, somebody's going to have to tell them what's wrong. Somebody's going to have to explain to them that they are in their lost condition, alienated from God. They are separated from God. Their sin is still in between them and God. But there was one who died for them to make all that go away. And what the apostle was saying, even in these very verses, is that God who knew no sin became our sin. He is giving to us the very truth we need. And we have been given that spirit of reconciliation. I believe that it's a spirit. I believe it's a ministry that has been placed within the hearts of believers that when we look out on this lost and dying world, when we meet those people that that come by our way day after day, what there is is there's a compassion as we reconcile that all they need is what we got. We can share with them this ministry of reconciliation. And every one of us that have been born again are more than equipped to share simply our testimony of how we come to know him, how we were once orphaned and alienated from God, but now are part of the family of God and his own children, right? And as they look at you and say, how in the world did you get mixed up in the church? How in the world did he save you? I remember you when you were that way. How in the world did you get this way? Well, that's the ministry of reconciliation is to share with someone else how you made it in. The apostle Paul said, we have been reconciled by the power of Jesus Christ. We have been reconciled, but furthermore, you've been given the ministry of reconciliation. Now, having been given the ministry of reconciliation, some of us would say, well, I'm just not equipped. I'm just not, I'm just not enabled to go and share with someone else how to be reconciled unto God. Now, I believe the Apostle Paul uh, doesn't agree with us. You'll find in the verse number 19, he said that is that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them. 
And here's what he did. And hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now, if he's going to give to us a ministry of reconciliation, what a great gift if he also commits to us the word of reconciliation. You say, what is the word of reconciliation? I would contend that it's Genesis to Revelation. I believe it's the Holy Bible. I believe it's the promises of God. I believe it's the word that has been written upon the flesh of our hearts. I believe it's the innate truth forever settled in heaven. I believe he has committed unto you and to me by the Holy Spirit of God, which, which, which is the word of God, amen, and comes through us. It is the word that has been committed unto us. You say, I cannot cannot cause people to see or cannot share the truth of reconciliation. And I would contend, and the Apostle Paul clearly does, that that's not true. He says, you've been given the ministry of reconciliation. All of us have. When you got born again, there was something created within your heart as the Holy Spirit entered. And now as you look upon those unbelievers of this world, there is a compassion as you look upon them and say, yep, they may be out there right now, but they could be reconciled. And that ministry of reconciliation ought to compel us as, as Christ would compel us as he does in, in, in verse number 14. We're constrained by the love of Christ to reach out to them that are in need because they have not been reconciled, but because we have been given the ministry of reconciliation. But not just have we been given the ministry, but we've committed to us has been the word of reconciliation. Ain't it good that you don't have to come up with anything new? Right? It's all right there. And it's as simple as understanding what happened to you and conveying that to someone else. The committed word of reconciliation, according to the Apostle Paul, was something that God has given to us as well. Not only were we given the ministry of reconciliation, but he gave us his word to empower that ministry. He gave us his word to to fill that ministry. He gave us his word so that we don't have to come up with any kind of new way or any kind of strange thing. What we have to do is remember what he did for us and love someone else enough to give them that reconciliation news. He's given us the ministry of reconciliation and also the word. Now, the question is, what are we going to do with it? Right? The Bible's clear. You reap what you sow. And the truth is we don't sow very much. That there's very few times during a week that we, we pointedly and purposely look someone else in the eye and give them the clear news of the gospel that you also can be reconciled to God. Amen. Right? Because it's a little uncomfortable to look at somebody and say you're alienated now. Right? And maybe those are spiritual terms and you, ain't, you don't use those exactly, but that's what we're saying. What we're saying is that you're lost that you've never been saved, that you don't know Christ, that you're separated from God, but I've got some good news for you. That before the foundation of the world, God has reconciled man to himself by the work of Jesus Christ. And if you'll believe in Jesus Christ, guess what? You can be saved. That's the ministry of reconciliation that compels us to tell the good news. And we've been given the word of reconciliation, which is simply believe the gospel and be saved. And if people believe, guess what? They get saved. The Bible said in Romans eight or in Romans ten thirteen, he said, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. 
When I think about how simple it is to present the gospel, I have to ask myself the question, why don't I present it more? What is it in my life that, that causes me to shun this ministry that I've been given, a ministry that clearly is to compel others to come to Christ, to live in a way that others would see Christ in me in a way that they would say, what is it you have? I, and when the Holy Spirit gets them to that lost condition, where are we? Are we right there with the ministry of reconciliation and a word that's been committed unto us? Here's what I think God is always faithful to do. When somebody is lost and they're realizing it, the Holy Spirit is doing that work, right? And if God engages you and brings you into that person's life, guess what? You don't have to call the preacher. You too have the word of reconciliation. It's in you. The same thing that got you will get them. Amen. And all you've got to do is what the Apostle Paul kept doing, and that's telling the story over and over. I was on the road of Damascus one day, and let me tell you what happened. God reconciled me unto himself that day. God saved me that day. I, I simply believed in Christ and was made a new creature in him. Now, the gospel's not that hard to understand. That's a wondrous truth. The real question is, is what are we going to do with it? Paul said in verse number, I guess number 20, Paul said, therefore be ye reconciled to God. (laughs) And that's just about as straightforward as you can get. He said, I've shared all this truth with you. I've told you all that Christ has done. And he just point blank comes out and says, now you need to be reconciled to God. Be reconciled to God. And I suppose that we all need that courage to be as blunt. To look somebody in the eye and say with a, with a perfect heart, you need Jesus. What's wrong with you is wrong with all of us until we find Jesus. You're no different than anybody else. You're just alienated from God the same as all of us were until we met Jesus. And Jesus can help you because here's what Jesus has done. He died in your place and he rose again. He offered his blood in your place. And so the apostle Paul is as bold to say in verse number 20, he said, I'm just going to tell you, as if God has chosen me to help you, he said, what I'm going to tell you in Christ's behalf is be reconciled to God. I can tell you in, in, in the power of his word today that it's not his will that any should perish. So I ought to be able to look somebody in the eye and say, I'll tell you the will of God for you is to be reconciled. Be reconciled to God, friend. You alienated tonight. You know right now that your heart's not right with God. The Holy Spirit's already shown you that truth and you recognize if you die right now, you're going to go to hell. Say, preacher, what do I do? Be reconciled to God. You need to be born again. You need to be saved. The purpose of the church is to ever declare the truth. Be reconciled to God. Come to Christ. Come and let him make the difference in you that you can't make in yourself. Help him to restore that distance and that chasm that separates us from God. Be reconciled to God. Come get a song. We've been given this ministry and we've been given, committed to us the word of this reconciliation. So why is it that we're so hesitant to share? 
Why is it that so often we, we skip or we miss those opportunities when we know that someone's in need and their heart's in trouble and really all they need to know is to be reconciled to God? They just need to know that Jesus loves them and what he did for me, he can do for you. Now, I can't make them believe it. I can't make them be saved. I, I, I can't do that part. But what I can do is what I know. And I've been given that, that ministry of reconciliation. I, b- I believe Paul was referring to us, all of us, have been given that ministry of reconciliation. And we've been given, committed to us the word of reconciliation. We have the truth. We know what reconciliation is. And therefore, in Christ's behalf, we can look into the desperate eyes of another person and say, be reconciled to God. You need to be reconciled to God. Here's how you do that. Here's what I did. I heard him calling me, and I just bowed before him and said, save me. Whatever your story is, whatever brought you to Christ, whatever, whatever, whatever led you to that place where that, that conversion happens and you became a new creature in Jesus Christ. You've got a story. You've got a testimony. And you need to share it. You need to tell someone else, especially those who need to be reconciled yet to God. And as we sing, if you're struggling with this tonight, let me give you some clear and loving advice. You can convince yourself with a thousand false excuses of why you shouldn't bow and ask him to save you. And I believe that that the work of the enemy is to tell every person that comes through them doors that nobody here cares for you, nobody loves you, God doesn't love you, you've been too bad, you can't get right. But you see, the truth is, is that everybody in this church loves you. And we have all been given a ministry of reconciliation that causes us in whatever way to care for your soul. And the word that has been given us concerning this reconciliation is a simple truth. And tonight I just want to compel you to be reconciled to God. Because if you die unreconciled, There's no remedy for it. There's no recovery once you leave this world and you enter into eternity unreconciled to God. You'll forever be lost. Forever in the torment of that place. We can't stress it enough. If you're unsaved tonight, if you've not been born again, you need to be saved. You need, to, you need to come right now and you need to call on Christ. Ask him, believe in him, trust him tonight. He'll save you. He'll save you. Be ye reconciled to God. That's the message. Be reconciled to God. If you need him tonight, we'll ask you to come. We'll pray with you. We'll help you all we can. But you're going to have to, you're going to, have to receive Christ to ever be changed. As we sing, if you're here and you need the Lord, come on.